It's Friday night. Just finished work. The only thing on the television is either the sound of the tennis ball hitting a racket for Wimbledon or the sound of engines revving for the British Grand Prix. And whether it be the news of Greece about to exit the Euro, you can guarantee that the Hatchick and Ramsey podcast will cover it all. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the people's podcast, here to rock the podcast world. Good evening, and welcome to all our listeners from across the globe. Tonight is a special Car Deal Advisor special. So we've got lots of information on all the best deals that are out there and general motoring stories and a bit of fun for you as well. And starting off, to go at a pace, here it's going to be the new Jaguar F-Pace. Now, you might be asking, what on earth is the F-Pace? Well, it's Jaguar's take on a 4x4, or what they call an SUV, a sports utility vehicle. Now, they've just, um, they have had uh, photographs of this car out for a little while, um, but uh, it's been reported that they're going to use a new F-Pace for the Tour de France. And I think there's actually sponsoring, Jaguar are going to sponsor uh, the Sky Cycling Team for the Tour de France. So you'll be able to see the car quite early on, and I have to say it looks magnificent. We always thought it was going to be pretty good, but this looks fantastic. Um, it has the biceps, you could say, of a Porsche Cayenne, but the kind of the, the, the lightweight, light-footed ability of a Jaguar. And I have to say, when it comes out, I think it's going to be some machine, and there will be a long and orderly queue to go out and buy one. But we're going to quickly start with all the greatest deals that I can find on the web. In the last few weeks, I've been looking to see what have been the best deals. I've also been driving some cars as well, so we're going to cover that too. And I have to say, there are some incredible deals. June and July can be quite a quiet month for the motor trade, so that means there's good deals to be had, because they're desperate to get people to sign on the dotted line and do another another deal. And to start with, I'm going to talk about the Renault Twingo, which has been around for quite some time, but it was recently revamped and made into a much better car. And the deals are simply astonishing. We found a new deal on uh, on Auto Trader, uh, which simply requires £99 down as a deposit, and then £99 a month for 36 months. After that, you can simply give it back, or you can trade it in. I've never seen a car really quite as cheap as that for quite some time, um, especially on, on those kind of terms, other than things like the Fiat Panda, which is available for about £107 down and £107 a month, but that's usually over four years. Uh, this was just a three-year deal for the Renault Twingo. So that is an astonishing deal. There's plenty of them available. We saw a cash price of roughly 8400 8399 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, to about 8.5 um, for a, a car with alloys. It's called the 1 litre S Play. Um, which is a lovely car, looks really nice, it's supposed to drive pretty well, it's quite economical, um, gets a, a relative reasonable write-up. Um, so yeah, definitely a car um, to look out for. 
And at that kind of money, they're an absolute bargain. Because if you've gone down to a forecourt recently, you'll see that second-hand cars, especially small cars, are really going for quite strong money. You know, even you know five or six thousand pounds for a three and four-year-old Corsa, which before you know they've been struggling to reach you know four grand if you're lucky, um, but now they seem to be hanging on to the value a bit more. So it's definitely some good deals about, uh, whether it be on a PCP or a cash purchase. What I would recommend um, is if you are going to go through a, what we call personal contract purchase, you want to put down as little deposit as you can. That makes it as cheap as it as it, as it can be. But crucially you need to keep the monthly payment down. So you want a deal where the manufacturer is giving you the biggest, what they call, deposit contribution. So when you see the advert and it says, for example, Ford might be giving, you know, £2,000 towards your, your, finance, your finance deposit, you know, that's the kind of figures you want, ideally even more than that, um, because the more money the manufacturer gives, the less money you will have to pay as not only a deposit, but also as a monthly payment. And you want to drive down the best deal you can get. So let's go on to the new Vauxhall Corsa. Now, I happened to drive this car earlier on this week because it was a hire car. <clears throat> I have to say, I hired it from Enterprise Car Rental, and I must give them the thumbs up because uh, not only did they um, upgrade me when I got there, um, but we got a fantastic deal for three days, unlimited mileage. Um, it came to about £80. Uh, we did pay £5 extra a day just to cover things like wheel damage and things like that. Um, they were going to quote about £12 a day, which is because their excess is quite high. Um, but in the end, we just got the basic cover, and that was fine. Um, it was a lovely white three-door SRI, 1.4 petrol, um, and it was a really nice car, I have to admit. Uh, the only concern I had with it was that the steering, it was very, very sharp steering. I mean, it, the turn-in was, was almost too good, um, but it seemed like because of its electric power steering system, um, that once you turned the bend, it was almost adjusting the steering as you were doing it. So uh, while the initial turn-in was very good, then it almost seemed to like slacken the steering pressure, and it felt like the car was going to wander out a little bit. Now, that may just have been um, that car itself, I haven't, I've only driven one so far. Um, but other than that, I mean, you could probably get used to it. And it was, it looked absolutely lovely. Um, and, I, and there are some very good deals on them too. There's at least £1,500 off most of them, if not more. Um, and some very good PCP deals. Again, I saw one that was £149 down and £149 a month, which I thought was really, really good. Um, and that was, I think, for a limited edition version. So they are good. I think the Vauxhall Corsa does drive. It's an awful lot better than the old one. The gears are better. The clutch is better. Um, the, the, just, it's more comfortable. It has a much better steering wheel. Um, only downside, again, the radio was actually quite difficult to work out, um, and the touchscreen was a bit slow to, to respond. I have to admit, I would quite like when it's things like radios, it's nice to have a couple of buttons or knobs that you can just quickly change things and find the channels that you want. Because I could only find um, either BBC Radio, and that was about it. Um, I couldn't find any of the other DAB radio channels that was on it. Certainly not when you were moving along the road. It was impossible. It was too, it was too far away to start fiddling around. It's too dangerous to start doing anything like that. But overall, though, the Corsa is a good car, and I think I, think I would recommend one. Certainly if you're in the, the market for that kind of car, you, I don't think you go too far wrong with one. Um, especially as long as you get a good deal, you should be fine. And now I'd like to go on to the MG3. 
um, which is a car I've been wanting to drive for ages. It's been out for about a year now, um, and it's it's got a good review. The Autocar um, gave it three stars out of five, and I was really looking forward to seeing it. And we've now got a new MG dealer, which is the central garage in Galashiels in in the Borders. Um, so I went in to have a to have a look around, and I have to say they were extremely friendly, very helpful, and very knowledgeable. Um, and they had this lovely yellow three form sport. Um, that was it was the top of the range. Even had leather trim. Priced at something like ten thousand eight hundred pounds, um, and it was lovely. Now that was the one I ended up driving, and I have to say, because it's got a slightly bigger engine, it's, it's a one point five petrol. Um, it was really really good. You need to use the gears a bit, um, but it was the, the the refinement was really impressive. I mean, from coming straight out of this Vauxhall Corsa and then going into the MG three, I was expecting it to be really tinny and really you know had very low expectations. But I have to say, on a longer journey. Um, because the steering was so much heavier and light, it just gave a much more realistic feel um, for the car. The MG would beat it. I'd have to say, if I was, it's a tough one, but if I was to choose between a Corsa and, a, and an MG3, I would actually choose the MG3. I think it's the better car. It's more fun. It's more interesting. And again, there's some good deals on them. And just the, the standard list price is so cheap anyway, you're really not going to go far wrong uh, with buying one. Um, and they've got some pretty good PCP offers um, and things like that, which are pretty impressive. So the MG3, I have to admit, and the handling was good. It had lots of grip. It had good brakes. The gears were nice. Um, there's only a five-speed gearbox, but it was it felt enough. Um, the one I drove had only done 600 miles, so it obviously it was just running in. Um, but it, it was it was certainly quick enough if you used the gears, and I'm quite sure in time it would get even quicker. Um, but no, it was a lovely. I, I'd love the way it looks. I think it's um, it, it, certainly people were looking at the car as I drove past. It certainly gets gazes, which is always always quite nice. I think you're driving something that's a bit more interesting than the competition. So I would definitely recommend the MG3. It's certainly a good car, and I mean, prices starting from this eight three nine nine, which is pretty good going, um, and you get you get reasonable spec um, even on the entry level model, and it, it makes things like the Dacia Santero just look really plain. You know, that's that's, that's what I'd say that it's probably quite a good car. I have driven the diesel version and a few others, but um, it's I just you know it, it is pretty cheap. While the MG, and I know people are going to say, oh, sure, the MG is going to be really bad because it's Chinese built, basically, and just assembled in, in Longbridge um, down south. But it, it was a lot better than you think. Yes, there were a few cheap plastics on the dashboard, but, you know, you could live with it easily. And I have to say, it had so much more space. It was more comfortable. Um, a nice car. And I think it's going to, you know, it, it deserves to give the main uh, competitors like the Fiesta and the Corsa a run for the money because it is, it's, a, it's a great machine. And it's nice to have something that certainly has a good British element. Um, you know, to be doing well as well. But let's get back onto some amazing deals that we've seen this week. Now, how about a Vauxhall Astra? It's a decent size, five-door family car, um, very popular, um, and normally the list price is usually way over the moon. So it's nice to get a good deal on one. Well, I found a Vauxhall Astra Excite, which is a pre-registered car, so it means that you won't be the first name on the book, um, but running from just £10,495. Now, for the size of car, it beats anything, really, for that kind of money. Um, it's, it's not going to be that fast, but it's going to be practical. It'll be quite, you know, it's going to be reasonable. And really, if you keep that for three or four years, it's still going to be worth something. You know, it, it's hard to see it going below four to, four to £5,000 for a decent three-year-old car with low mileage. Um, I think it's a, a phenomenal buy for someone who's just looking for a decent family car, you know, who's maybe consider a Focus or something else that size. 
I mean, that kind of money, it's a bargain. Absolute bargain. Things like the Renault Megane, uh, the five-door hatchback. We saw a diesel version, uh, which was it wasn't a dynamic, it was a kind of entry-level energy. But that was just £11,495. I mean, you can't actually get a Clio diesel for that. And that's, that's a smaller car. And the Megane is bigger and probably maybe better for a longer journey. Um, and it's actually £500 cheaper than the best deal we could see for a diesel Clio. Um, that came in at £12,000. Now that was the, the, the Clio version was a, a dynamic 90 horsepower and that had navigation on it too. Um, but a lot of the Megans also have, if you get a dynamic trim um, or they have energy with a navigation trim, they're not much more. Certainly from £12,000 onwards you're getting a great range of cars there um, with great equipment. They drive well, they're economical. Again, they're going to depreciate a bit. I mean, they've taken a colossal drop already in price. So over the years I think you would be fairly safe to think you know, you're going to do pretty well. I mean, the fact that you're, the overall list price that you're having to finance, or the, you know, the deal price, is so much less than other competitors that you really can't go that far wrong. So there's quite a lot in the, in the news there about, about new cars. There's phenomenal deals on old model courses. Last of the, the versions going out from £8,000, you're getting one4 SRIs. I mean, they're nice cars with sports seats and air conditioning. You know, if you're a first-time buyer or you're looking for something just a bit more interesting, a Corsa with a nice spec like that is actually not, not a bad car. No one's going to say, oh, that's, that's a pretty awful car. Um, it's, it's reasonable. It's not bad. It's maybe not the fastest car, but, with, you know, it looks nice and it's popular, cheap to run, cheap to service. Um, and again, with that kind of money new, you're not going to lose a fortune. It's always going to be worth something in a few years' time. There's always somebody wanting to buy a small car. And uh, there's also new deals on the MG6 as well, which is the bigger version of the MG car. Um, they're starting now at just 13995 and that's for a turbo diesel five-door with a massive boot. Now, it was about a year ago when these came to mind because they, they did a petrol version uh, for quite some time. And you could pick up a petrol version with about a year and a half, a year and a half old, 20,000 miles or so from Motorpoint car supermarket, um, for just 5995 and you know when that car was new, just eighteen months earlier, it was listed at you know anywhere between fifteen to twenty thousand pounds. So there are some bargains, and I would certainly recommend if you're looking for a decent second-hand five-door car, maybe you don't do a lot of mileage. You can't go wrong with a, an MG6. I mean, it's quite different. Drives really well. You get a lot of fun. Put a smile on your face. Economy isn't brilliant, but if you're not doing big mileage, it's not going to make that much difference. And literally, you can pick one up for under six grand. And you'll get a good one for seven or eight grand, like a really nice one, um, for that kind of money. So there's, there's definitely, it is worth a look. The diesels are, we couldn't find one for anything less than ten grand on Auto Trader, um, but I mean, really, quite, quite a machine. So that's our section on car prices, and now we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Speak to you soon. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hattrickandramsey at gmail.com. Good evening once again. We hope that you enjoyed that short commercial break. Remember, you can take up any of our offers, and our website is soon coming online. And as soon as it does, believe you me, we will let you know, because there's going to be some phenomenal offers available um, as we get it up and running. So, back to tonight's episode. 
What is next, I hear you say? Well, we're going to have a review of the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, if you haven't been to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, but you may, you may have heard of it, it is one of the best car shows, if not the best car show in the world. They do, they launch more cars at Goodwood than now just about anywhere else. Um, there are so many special guests, racing drivers, legends of Hollywood and others, and the motorsport in general. Um, there's every kind of motorsport pursuit you can think of, from rallying to Formula One, um, to motorbikes, to, to motocross, um, to drag racing, to just about anything with four wheels or even two wheels and an engine. Um, we'll be heading on up the, the Goodwoods hill climb. And it is spectacular. Normally the weather is brilliant and you get to see everything, you know, if you're a car enthusiast, you could possibly want to see. And really, it's the kind of thing you'd want to last for a couple of weeks because by, by you need that kind of time to get round it all. Um, I managed to see quite a bit of it this year. Um, not unfortunately live. Um, I'm hoping to go next year to see it again. Um, but uh, I was watching all of it on television because most of the things like the Motors Channel and also on the Goodwood internet page, they were actually covering it live as well, so we didn't really miss much um, by by uh, you know by watching it on TV certainly. And I have to say, it was wonderfully exciting. Uh, there was Kimi Raikkonen heading up in the Ferrari. Um, Damon Hill drove a whole bunch of other cars and racing cars. Um, it was just magnificent. All these kind of stunt drivers. And then, of course, on the Saturday and the Sunday, they do the race to see who can be fastest up the hill climb. It's a 1.1 mile um, uh, piece of road, and they just go at incredible speeds. Some of them averaging over 100 miles an hour plus. Um, to to get up the and, and these, it's a, it's a road that seems so narrow. It was almost like a C class road, um, or you know, if you were to put it in terms of the highway code. And they race up there with no fear at all, um, and they're doing it in about forty five seconds. And the chap who holds the record um, is now it was Nico, what's his name, <coughs> not Hockenberg. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it was, uh, oh, a Finn now. It was Nico, Nico. He, he used to drive, well, he drove a McLaren Mercedes. This was back in 2001 for the event at, at uh, Good Festival Speed. And he recorded a time of something like 41 seconds. Um, and it was something, it was something else. Uh, Nick Heidfield, that's who it was, Nick Heidfield. I knew the name would come to me. Um, and he holds the record for the fastest time. And if ever, if you look on YouTube and you look at the, the, the um, Nick Heidfield's record uh, run at Goodwood, it is spectacular. I don't know how he managed it with the bumps and a car that's so low to the ground, how he, how he was able to carry the speed and make it up there without crashing um, was something else. But it was the most, I mean, it's just wonderful. The, the Sky Sports were covering it for the last couple of hours on Sunday and they had all these great interviews and it's just, you can win so many competitions there as well. And there's, there's great deals because not only are there the big manufacturer tents, um, so you can see all the new cars that have been launched, but then there's all the small traders. And when we went last year, there was a kind of pound uh, box where you could just put in your pound and take whatever was in there. And, I mean, I got a flag, a, a, an Albers flag, um, of, that's obviously uh, from a time gone by, but it's still, uh, you know, a nice memento. Uh, and there was all sorts of amazing deals and things that you can find that you just won't get anywhere else. And it had, I think, something like 50,000 people a day were coming to Goodwood. So you have to commend Lord March, who owns the estate, 
and Goodwood Estate um, on the incredible job that he's been able to do um, every year. I think that was his 24th year, I think it was, um, that uh, they did it this year. And it was it, this gets better and better. And make sure you get your tickets early for next year because it's just a phenomenal four-day event. In fact, on the Thursday, they have what they call the Moving Motor Show. And that allows you to book, when you get there early, um, any of the cars that are on the stands. Um, they, and the, they have a kind of motor show tent um, and that puts them all together and you can basically book any card for a drive and they'll let you drive it up the hill. Now obviously it's a slightly different course to the main hill climb um, but it's the most incredible place so you can either decide to race up the hill or crawl up the hill um, but either way it is certainly an amazing experience. Um, last year I had the privilege of driving an Infiniti Q30 Sport um, hybrid up the hill and it was the, it was just heaven. I just wanted that to be my Groundhog Day because it was just so much fun. Um, as you can tell my voice, I'm pretty enthusiastic about the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, now there is the, what they call the Goodwood Revival coming up on the 11th of September. I think it's the 11th and 12th of September. Um, and it's also pretty good. It's worth going. Everyone gets dressed up in the kind of um, World War II type attire. Um, there's all sorts of shows. There's, there's, um, there's plane shows, you know, the, the planes fly past, which actually they do at Festival Speed as well. Um, which I forgot to mention, um, but they do amazing races. It's actually at the, at the racetrack at Goodwood, um, and you get lots of famous historical racing drivers having a go, along with some celebrities as well, like Rowan Atkinson um, and others, who normally really provide a fantastic day of entertainment um, and great racing. Um, it's quite hard to get into. You need to be quick to get your tickets. Um, I imagine they'll be selling it pretty fast. They normally it sells out completely well before the end of the event, so well before it's 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 um, before the day. So um, if you are wanting to go, and I would recommend it, um, you better get buying your tickets as quickly as you can. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. So, this week, by the time you've probably heard this, it'll be the British Grand Prix. Now, maybe perhaps Hamilton may have won. Perhaps it will be a, a, a wonderful and memorable event. I certainly hope it is. I've got the feeling that it could be quite special this year. The weather is certainly an unknown factor. Um, it can either be very, very bright and sunny, or it can be incredibly wet at Silverstone. So, if you're out there, I know of a few of my friends who are down there ready for the Grand Prix this weekend. Um, I certainly hope you're well prepared. I think if it is a wet race... I think Hamilton will maybe close the gap because certainly from his performance on Friday, he was struggling quite a bit and was over four tenths down on his <coughs> on his uh, 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 racing kind of co-driver in terms of uh, his his um, teammate uh, Nico Rosberg, uh, something like 0.466 of a second. So unless things are dramatically changing on pole position day, um, it's going to be an exciting race because the Ferraris are between. The, the Mercedes. Um, you've got Rosberg, then you had Vettel, Raikkonen, and then Hamilton. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it works, and I'm sure it will be a magnificent event. I don't think ticket prices are too bad. I mean, last year I was offered a ticket for about £140, but that included a grandstand seat, which was quite good. Um, and I think, I mean, you get a terrific view there. You also get lots of other races during the day. So it's not just Formula One. So there's plenty of things to keep your time, you know, to keep you busy with, um, as well as a phenomenal event. That, that can only be the Formula One Grand Prix at Silverstone. 
Now, <coughs> remaining on cars, before I go on to a little bit of politics tonight, but not too much so that you'll be able to get a good night's sleep, um, how about blackcircles.com? You may have heard of them. Now, I happened to um, give them a go this week because I needed two new tyres for my car, and I have to admit, they were really above my expectations. Not only could I order them on my, on my mobile phone, and it worked in seconds, literally a minute of doing it, and it was all paid and done and sorted, but they choose a local tyre provider, um, and you simply order the tyres, and they fit it for you. They fit it there, and within half an hour, I was able to, not only to get a time within a couple of days of booking it, but I dropped the car off, they were extremely friendly, they said what they would do, I didn't have to pay anything extra, um, and within half an hour, it was all done and dusted. I'd even done my tracking, made sure that that was fine, and the tyres were as good. And what's more, I got a pair of <coughs> Goodyear tyres, 15-inch rims, um, for my car, and uh, it was less than, less than £60 a tyre, and I got two front tyres. And I have to admit, I thought that was pretty good. Um, it was a saving of nearly £40 per tyre, which I thought, that's not bad in this day and age for a quality tyre. I mean, you're barely struggling now to get a, a medium tyre at that kind of price. So to get a proper Goodyear performance tyre, I was I was really impressed. So I'd recommend blackcircles.com. They're not sponsoring us, but certainly um, from my experience today, and I think they're getting pretty good reviews overall, um, they're definitely worth the money. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to Hattrick and Ramsey at gmail.com. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, the People's Podcast. So, let's go on to politics. And you can't get away from Grexit. It's been in the news pretty much all week because on Tuesday, Greece was supposed to pay $1.6 billion to the IMF, and they just didn't. We got the message earlier on on Tuesday that they weren't going to do that, um, and they were basically in default. Now, they've technically been in default before because they've had to get bailouts, but this was the major one because in June they said that they would um, <clears throat> delay their payments till the end of the month to make sure that they could actually meet the requirements. And now we find they simply can't. Access denied. But it was on Saturday morning, the early hours of Saturday, when the Greek Prime Minister said they were going to have a referendum to decide whether or not they were going to vote for these austerity measures or you know more negotiations that the creditors had come up with. <coughs> and the Prime Minister is, um, is supporting a no vote. But the issue is the actual um, offer that was on, on the table by the creditors has um, actually been already withdrawn. So one wonders what they're actually going to gain from having this referendum at all. But now there are capital controls. All of this week the, the Greek banks have been closed. And the only time they've been open is to help pensioners get a wee bit more of their pensions out. But it has caused, I mean, a massive uh, drought of money, um, basically, in, in the Greek banks and for the Greek people. And they reckon that last night they were down to the last 500 million euros in the banks itself. Now, last week, every day of the week, the, um, the Greek people were withdrawing over a billion euros because they're suspecting that things could pretty much go pear-shaped. Um, and I think now, I mean, I've, I've heard stories on things like the Telegraph, that people have not been able to, or businesses have not been able to buy stock because they're refusing to let um, Greece use electronic payment systems, so they can't use their you know, credit card or any kind of payment form to be able to, to buy stock from abroad. It's the same with trying to sell products out with Greece <coughs> to export them. It is also finding it extremely difficult. 
So it, there are some businesses were saying that they were down to the last few days worth of stock. If they don't get any kind of negotiation done, which I have to say I think is not going to happen, they're basically going to be in real trouble. And I think, I think the next couple of weeks we could see Greece exiting the euro. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because if they start, I mean, yes, it's going to be difficult for maybe a year or two, but then if they start to grow again and get back to a point where they're, you know, the value of the drachma will be quite quite low, but then in turn it makes it a very um, uh, good prospect because then you know you're going to get better value if you go on holiday there, if you buy great goods and services, then it will start to see, you know, that it will see kind of growth that, that it simply can't get by remaining in the euro. And then you're going to wonder what will Portugal and Spain and Italy do if they start seeing Greece, you know, perform much better. And when you think about it, there was Iceland a few, few years back, really deeply affected by um, the banking crisis, went completely bust. Its banks was totally bust, and they they had to go, go through a couple of years of very difficult and painful um, austerity. But then they started to grow again, and they're now doing rather well. So you have to think. It's, I think it's the only option. And what was interesting, even the most pro-European um, SNP MEP, that's Alan Smith, who was on the Daily Politics um, a few weeks ago, even he was saying he reckons that it's too late and the euro, you know, that Greece will have to leave the euro. So the fact is that if the, the very, very strong kind of pro-Europeans are saying it's game over, then surely, um, you know, they were, they were just six months ago saying, oh, no, we'll keep it going. I think there's a realisation that it, it is um, the end time now for Greece in its current state. <clears throat> and as much as the Greek people might like to stay in the euro, I think it's, it's a Grexit and for, you know, is, is inevitable. So there you have it. Um, it's certainly incredible what's been happening. Um, I mean, obviously our heart goes out to um, all those affected by the, the, the terrible and tragic events that happened last Friday um, in terms of the, the attack in France and, of course, for the 30-odd uh, uh, British citizens who were, um, British tourists who were killed in the horrendous massacre, but there were also, I think it was 38 in total, um, people who were killed in Tunisia on the beach attack. I mean, it, it really does give you, um, you know, it's, it scares you to think that one lone gunman can do so much damage. And I also, obviously, there was a, another bomb attack in Kuwait on the same day, um, which many hundreds were injured and killed. So um, our hearts and prayers go out to all those who have been affected and lost loved ones in these terrible tragedies. And it does make you wonder, you know, what are we going to do about ISIS? What are the answers? It's, it's so unconventional. And one thinks, you know, you, you know, if you put ground troops in, in Iraq or Syria, is it really going to affect, you know, is it going to do much? And is it, it's not going to stop the flow of traffic of people from, you know, European countries <coughs> heading off there. Um, so it really is about we've got to do something to try and get the news over to especially young um, Muslims and, and whether they be male or female um, and even even those who are maybe of no faith who are maybe being prospected by this kind of radical um, group that they've got to see sense you know it makes you wonder what have our what have our education system really been teaching people over the last few years you know to be able to think for themselves and you know to see when something is 
is, you know, the, I know that the ISIS have been promising this great lifestyle, a very kind of almost hedonistic lifestyle um, to young men, saying, you know, you're going to have all this, you have all these women and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, and it's, you know, and obviously they're falling for it and thinking, well, this is, they're not going to get it where they are today, but they'll get it if they go over there. And But the, 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 it's just savagery when you see that now they're, you know, trying to get young people, you know, young children to behead Christians or those or the or the, you know any prisoners that they've been that they've been taken captive, and they want younger the youngest people they can get to behead them. It just makes you think. You know we've got to be able to see people through all this and say, look, this is not this is not what we're here to do. This is just savagery. This isn't a faith or anything. You know, I mean, yes, they're they're following particular um, lines of the Quran by doing this stuff. But, you know, it, 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 that was from hundreds of years ago, and they've got to realise that things have moved on, and, you, you know, it's just, it's a horrible way of life. And we're finding now, of course, that some of the people that went there to begin with um, are now desperate to get out, but they can't get out. So it's, it's, it is it's some time, and it would be interesting to see, you know, what your views are. Give us a, an email on hatchingandramsey at gmail.com. Enjoying the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to hatrickandramsey at gmail.com. Because this is something, you know, <clears throat> I'm yet to hear a, a response from our politicians that I think is viable. You know, I just say, what can you do? What can you do? And, you know, and it's coming from all angles because the ISIS have said that they're going to send them, their terrorists, into Italy, you know, to the, to the, to the, especially to the Catholic churches, this was one of their threats a while ago, um, but they're coming on the migrant boats, and they've already caught a few of them coming in on the migrant boats, but, you know, when they're coming into Italy, it's a, a massive amount of people, and if they start getting passports given to them, then they're free to come right across Europe, so we've got to be surely careful, and this is, I think, a very good reason why we need to have our borders sorted out where we can really keep proper control of it and just makes you think that, you know, for Britain to leave the EU might be actually a very secure answer because I don't think, I don't trust the EU at all to do a good job in any of these situations. I mean, they, they can't deal with the migrant crisis because they're refusing to go down the road of the, of the Australian approach, which is the only one that worked. This way, you know, we all just take them on board. And what do you think, what signal does that take? It says, well, if some of them are being taken, that's fine. Well, millions more will follow, because they'll think this is their chance to do it. I mean, you know, the, the Australian approach was pretty solid. Um, you know, they, they basically said, you're not coming into Australia, you're going to go to another site, and you're going to go through a, a huge rigmarole, or the boats will be sent back. So people stopped coming. It worked. It's pretty, you know, it, it, there was no manoeuvrable, you know, it wasn't, it was, a, it was their way or the highway, but it stopped Australia having this problem. Now, the EU is, I think, is just too soft. It's always trying to make an excuse for something or saying, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And actually, sometimes you've got to be a bit harder and say, no, the real way to sort out problems is to actually say, this, you're not going to do this, you're not going to get away with it, and we're not going to take you. And I have to say I think we need to be a bit more hardline, you know, it's, uh, because otherwise you're going to have an influx. And I don't think as a country we can, we can take that. So there we go. It's Friday night. By the time you get this, it'll probably be Sunday. You'll know the result of the British Grand Prix and, maybe, and you'll be into the second week of Wimbledon.
But I hope you have a wonderful week. It's been a pleasure doing the special, the Car Deal Advisor special. And remember, any deal that you've heard tonight, if you want to know more, just give us an email at hatrickandramsey at gmail.com and we will do our best to get you that deal and see if we can find you an even better deal. And if there's any car you're looking for at all, let us have it, you know, give us a shout and we will try and do our best to make sure you get a cracking deal on that. If you'd like advice or help, just give us an email and we'll be able to sort it out for you. So have a wonderful week and enjoy the sunshine. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by EdinburghDusters.com and IdeasGoingLive.com. 